You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. It's a solo episode, guys, and it's so fitting because... It's Valentine's Day. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. This is my solo episode because in light of this very romantic holiday, I'm going to do a shout out for my fellow singles and do a singles awareness day episode from my heart to yours. Uh, So whether you are attached or whether you're flying free, uh, sending love to all of you. But yeah, this one's for my, my fellow lone wolves out there. Um, I guess I would start this episode by acknowledging, you know, anybody who's been following along on my journey, my favorite word, uh, my journey uh, for the past few months, know that I am newly single and had gone through a breakup a couple months ago. Um, So yeah, it has been quite an experience getting back into that mode and definitely just dealing with heartbreak and detaching and um, finding my my independence again, um, who I am now, who this version of me is now has been pretty intense. It's been um, a lot. It's kind of crazy that it only has been two months. It feels honestly like much longer in my life. And um, yeah, here we are. And it's February 14th. I'm not recording this on February 14th, but here we are in essence when you're listening to this. Um, February 14th onward. Anyway, time and space is crazy. That's exactly my point. Um, I've had a lifelong problem with this holiday. I have really bought into the whole Valentine's Day thing. When I was a kid, I loved, loved, loved getting Valentine's Day cards for everybody. I don't know if y'all did that in your elementary schools or whatever, but it was always such a fun holiday for me. I was obsessive about finding the right Valentine theme that fit my personality. I don't know if it was like Little Mermaid one year or Animaniacs the next, but I was very, I was just one of those kids that really bought into it. And I loved sharing that love with my classmates. I loved getting little candies if my mom was generous and, you know, would buy the candy for me. I would just painstakingly write out all the little cards and you know, a little note. It's an opportunity to drop a little note to someone you might be eyeing, thinking it's kind of cute, um, which I totally was that girl. I was absolutely boy crazy, you know, right out the gate. So I always had a crush. So I was always um, figuring out ways to make people feel loved in general, because I felt like that was such an important thing since I was a little kid, but also definitely, definitely, you know, energetically leaving a little holler in there, maybe like a little extra heart or an extra candy or a little smiley face. I don't know. I was always trying to drop that little hint to to my crush that um, that I was feeling him, you know? So as far back as I remember, like it was always a happy holiday for me and I enjoyed it. There was always that little bittersweetness. I swear, since I was like in kindergarten, that you're giving something to somebody that you like 
again, the guy of that moment um, and not have it reciprocated. I mean, when you're five years old, how many guys are going to be like, yes, Minji, I, I too, I love you too. Um, not going to happen. So I've always had that bittersweet feeling of unrequited love to just longing and desire. Like, oh, there you are. You're right there. And you're so beautiful. And I just want to be near you. And I want to hold your hand, maybe. Um, what are all these feelings? And not necessarily giving it back. Fast forward a few years, you know, I've definitely been in the I've been in the rodeo, you know, um, dealing with liking boys and having them like me back. And I've had my share of Valentines. You know, it's been a really special thing to experience having somebody reciprocate that back to you and share that little moment where you get to, you know, I don't know, for me, it's like receive flowers and um, do something special for somebody else. It's a really, really beautiful and sacred little moment. And then, you know, getting older and being single and having had something that was really meaningful and then being alone, you know, that's a really different feeling because then you get really reflective and just environmentally speaking, you're surrounded by couples who are all celebrating their love and their significant others and, you know, just all their milestones and everything and expressing with such pure, unadulterated gratitude, like how lucky they are to have this person in their life. For any person who's on their own, it can be just such a such a like slap in the face of a reminder that you are alone. You don't have anybody. That person that you love, that you cared about before, they're no longer there. Uh, maybe you want them back. Maybe you don't. But it's just that feeling of uh, I I am the exception. I'm the outlier. And feeling that on that day, it just it can be so 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 sucky for so many people. Um. So it's life, I guess, where I am today and when I'm speaking on this microphone, I feel it's it's both. <laughs> it's all the things, you know, we can have somebody and feel very fortunate for that. We can lose people or never have had somebody. And there's all sorts of different types of experiences and pain that make life so interesting. That's my euphemism. <laughs> um it can just, yeah. So it can be, you know, the high of highs and the low is low. So the reason why I want to give my shout out to the singles, obviously, besides the fact that I am one, is this acknowledgement of loneliness. Um, not to say that it has not existed. It's existed since the beginning of time. I think it's a very driving force of wanting to feel connected and attraction and chemistry with somebody and not having it. I literally think back on cave people days. And I imagine there was some drama back then. Do you know what I mean? Not just because they didn't have uh, little Valentine's Day holidays to commemorate this. I'm sure that there's been an eternal journey of desire, of loss, of um, passion and romance and, and having wishes fulfilled and then having those wishes broken, betrayal. This is this is just goes so beyond, you know, cultural holidays and and you know, little what do you call it? Those little Hershey's kisses. I don't know why that was so hard for me, but like, you know, little things that signify that love. I think these feelings have existed forever, eternally. That's why we're here. This is how people procreate. Um so given that I don't even remember my first train of thought, but given that, you know, loneliness and pain um, feeling lost or feeling maybe even hopeless, uh, 
is one of the most painful things that a person can experience. So I just wanted to create a little bit of space energetically in the universe and through the airwaves. For those of you who are dealing with any one of those, um, because it's a lot. This this is why we have movies and music and arts. And <laughs> love is such a motherfucker. I don't know how else to put it. It is, it's a motherfucker. It just knows how to get to the very core of you. It knows, not it knows, it just is. It, it eats away at your soul and it gives you the most life and it motivates you in a way that is like incomparable to anything else you know, love and specifically romantic love is so consuming. So again, on this day of romantic love, for me, I I am going through a lot of different feelings. I've, uh, I feel so naked and vulnerable right now, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to die one day. Who cares? Um, I have felt really, really alone. I've dealt with so much intense loneliness that is genuinely concerned me. And I've honestly gone back into therapy, which I'll talk about at another episode, um, and fear and anxiety, um, a lot of reminiscing and feeling the loss all over again in a different way. Like all the days leading up to Valentine's Day has been, I mean, specifically for me, it's been ultra shitty, um, for a lot of different reasons, but now as this grown adult, I've just grown this bitterness and hatred for Valentine's Day. Even when I had a significant other, there was something about it that really just rubbed me the wrong way. And this is the this is the reason why I wanted to make this podcast, because I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel um, resentful or jealous or, <laughs> I don't know, just salty in general when I see people who are in love. I want to look at people in love and feel so happy for them. I want to feel uplifted and hopeful and, um, you know, just generous with my feelings. I want to look at them and feel inspired and empowered. Like love is out there and I hope for the best, but I will be so honest. I I think I feel that, but there's part of me that there's previous versions of me too, that have felt like just, just salty. This is me exposing my, my inner bad dialogue. I don't feel like a good person, but this is just the real truth. I've looked at couples and been like, good luck. (laughs) Just, I hope it works out. Like, that's cute. You guys are so cute right now, but who knows? Someone might cheat. Someone might be an asshole like every other day of the year. I don't know. Cool. Have your moment. I've definitely felt that. Okay. So if you are a regular human being and you feel me, I'm... I am not as as positive of a person I as I can be um and compassionate and loving I can be all those things. I've had mad saltiness towards couples when I'm in a bad place. I look at other couples and I'm just like ugh, like good luck, really. Or just straight up jealousy. Straight up oh my god, I I'm so jealous. I don't have that. I hate you. You're so lucky. I hope you know how lucky you are because I don't have that and you have that. So thanks for making me relive all these feelings 
I hope you have a good day. So there's that. And then I felt, again, the loneliness of just, wow, I don't have anybody. And I had this and now I don't. And I don't know if I'll ever have that again. Who in the world could I have a connection with or feel safe with or feel loved? And then that spurns all the negativity of the last person that or, you know, previous persons who ever hurt you. It's a lot. Um, and I really want to work towards having love for others. I want to be, and I, I do feel that for the majority, but I still don't feel a hundred percent. So that's why I know I still have work to do because, um, it's still very triggering to me. I still do feel loneliness. I do feel anxiety. I do feel sadness and hurt and pain. Um, and then that moves into like, Ideally for me at this point, the apathy part where I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care about Valentine's Day. I don't care about romance. I'm doing me. Everything is fine. Life is good. You don't need a significant other. They're not the make it or break it. Like who cares? Love yourself. Love the trees. Love animals. There's so many other things to love except like a significant other who genuinely, for real, who cares? It's not a big deal. Um. And there's just many ways to go about that. So this long stream of consciousness was I wanted to reflect on the things that I'm doing right now in light of all the different um, thoughts and feelings that are going through my mind and going through my body and uh, my heart. Um, I wanted to address, you know, the key takeaways that I feel at this moment in time, in this moment of single singlehood, singledom, what is the word, of being single, uh, to take away and impart with anybody else who might be struggling with a number of anything I just said, which if you kept up with any of that, kudos to you, because that was a lot. Um, but this whole thing with the romantic love, again, I think that it's really beautiful. And my goal, my my ideal place to be is in complete and total appreciation of everybody else who's in love, even if I am not. I really want to be able to be happy for those who are happy. And I think genuinely just because I feel like that's the best version of me, that's the most respectable, honorable, loving version of me that could exist is to look at others and genuinely feel love for them and happiness and empathetic joy. Um, That's where I want to be. So that's what I aspire to. The practice of that, though, it it is this whole law of attraction paradigm that I do do believe in and I do think is very real. Um, Again, I'm not as religious of a person, but I believe that law of attraction and even things like tarot cards and spiritual readings and crystals and guidance— are all an extension of the the things that I was raised to believe in terms of believing in a higher power and the universe and energy. I think for me, they all merge and they're all intertwined. So the energy that we have within ourselves is put out into the world, whether we verbalize it or not. And that is what we receive back. So I think even utility-wise, for your highest good and for your the happiest life that you could live where you're not salty and bitter and in pain and lonely all the time, I think it is really good for us to aspire to feel happy for other people, even if what they have is not what we have, even if there are feelings of envy or lack or whatever, to really reach that place of genuine happiness for another person, I think is, it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, again, the respectable thing. It's the honorable thing. And it is what I think has brought the best. When I have looked at other people and been in that complete happiness for others, I have felt the best about my life. Um, So in light of that, coming back to all of us singles, what is there to do 
to get there. Um, that's the that's the journey I'm on right now. That's the path that I'm walking. Um, in light of all of these, all of these extremely painful triggers and all of these emotions that get distru- you know, disrupted within me, even when I'm not trying to, whether that's through a song or a film or a offside comment by a friend or just, you know, a friend who's loving is just like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing well. And all of a sudden somebody just coming, coming into my life lovingly and asking like, Minji, how's it going? Are you doing okay? And all of a sudden I break down and I'm like having a full on meltdown of feelings and emotions. Yeah. For so many different things or just like interacting with my ex or mementos that we had or just being in my goddamn condo, like living where I live, where we used to live together. There's so many different ways that um, we can go into these upheavals, right? So in light of all these triggers and in light of all these reminders, how do we come back to that place of peace and happiness and love? So for me, it's come to the self-care and this self-care thing is another word like journey that has really started to bug me. Um, I don't know why. I'm just so bothered. Like, it all just becomes like a trending topic. Like, let's all do self-care. But fundamentally, at the end of the day, you guys, I really am an advocate and a believer in the self-care. What, what do you want to call it? The self-care paradigm, the self-care trend, the self-care. I don't want it to be a trend. I want it to be practice and I want it to be the lifestyle that we really start to incorporate here on out. Um, So the self-care thing has been a work in progress ever since the breakup. And honestly, even before that, I've gone through many breakups before. I've gone through many loves and losses. Um, It's a continuation of what self-care means. And on a day like Valentine's Day where people can be triggered or feeling lonely, it's important and and maybe even more difficult because you're in that bad state to push yourself to do something good for you. I don't know about you, but I can be quite the wallower. I can get in a downward spiral because there is momentum and emotion. This is also like kind of the practical side of feelings that is very true, just psychologically speaking. We can get into these downward spirals and one bad thought can lead to another. One mildly sad thing can turn into complete despair just because you keep feeding that beast, right? So sometimes on a day like today, when it is the most important to practice love for yourself and to not let yourself get into a bad state, it can be the freaking hardest because you already have so many reminders that are triggering you to go into someplace bad. Um, and so what I've been doing and this, I guess, bringing into the process of dealing with heartbreak um, is just finding tiny, tiny little ways on a literally on a moment to moment basis to be good to myself. That starts even with the thoughts that are in my head of maybe not even negating the bad thoughts. However, you might be thinking, oh, I'm alone. Oh, this sucks. Oh, I miss so-and-so. Oh, they probably forgotten all about me. Um, They're probably doing fine. They've moved on with their life. Like, I don't know if I'll ever find somebody again, X, Y, Z. See, here's my momentum. I just go on that downward spiral. Um, But at this stage in my life, in my 30s and after dealing with heartbreak, my tactic or my strategy to deal with those negative thoughts has not been to negate them necessarily, not to be like, okay, stop thinking that, Minji. You need to like just quit thinking these bad thoughts. 
I've actually come into a place where I'm really just trying to accept, just accept the thought and accept the bad feeling and give it space to exist. Um, it's just not where I want to land. I, I don't really know how else to put it, but, um, the bad feeling and the bad thought is not the final thought. Guess what I'm saying? And so in that way, now that I have this metaphor and this analogy of momentum, right? You're not trying to stop a moving train. This is from Abraham Hicks, if anybody listens to Law of Attraction. But I'm not trying to stop this moving train that's going X miles an hour. Because once it starts going, to stop it abruptly is really hard. And it hurts. And it's damaging sometimes to just try to stop and cut off a feeling when you're not able to or you're not ready to. So if you have those negative thoughts, not that I wanted to gain momentum, but I'm just a suggestion. One thing that I've been doing is let myself feel the freaking thought. Let myself have that sad moment, um, but not let it land there. When I get to the sad thought, I'll go there, I'll feel it, and then I'll move on, keep moving, and move into something more filled with gratitude or more hopeful. I think gratitude and hopeful have been the two most amazing things that have been helping me on this very tumultuous path journey. Um, but yeah, just accepting, yeah, this this is going to be a tough day. This might be a really tough moment. And then accepting it, giving a little energetic hug and moving moving the hell on. Um, and it's been working for me. Honestly, it's a repetitive cyclical practice because it comes right back and then I got to do it again and it comes back and I got to do it again. But that's kind of the self-mastery. And that's the, um, that's how you're handling your emotions instead of having your emotions handle you. Does that make sense? Um, so yeah, the self-acceptance part and feeling the feelings and then moving on and not letting those sad, negative, dark feelings be where you land has been a really, really key thing for me in terms of practicing self-care. Because a lot of everything, my behaviors and the decisions I make and um, the ways I can sabotage myself or hurt myself have come from letting myself land in the darkness and land and stay in the shittiness. You know, at the end of the day, that's where you end that's where your actions and everything that's going to come out of those thoughts, that's what's going to happen. Um, so I've just been a lot more aware and mindful with the with the self-care. And honestly, this goes into the loving yourself part, right? The romantic love is something very sacred and it's something that you share with another person. And some people might even roll their eyes and be like, oh my God, loving yourself is not the same as having love from somebody else. Totally agree. There is something very unique and sacred and beautiful about having a connection with another person who is separate from you and who appreciates you, who desires you, who understands you or tries to understand you and who cares for you and does, you know, acts of service, gives you something that you yourself cannot give yourself. It is amazing. It is very irreplaceable. And in addition to that, Again, this path to like getting the things that we want in terms of being the things that we want so that we can attract them into our lives, it does come back to the self-love part. 
This goes into so many other topics like sex and hooking up and um, self-medicating and, you know, trauma and all these other all these other things that I love to talk about. And I will and I have um, if if we are coming from a place of lack and we are coming from a place of not having enough value in ourselves and feeling that that lack of self-worth, feeling worthless, it's really hard to find sustaining love with another person. And I know this is a cliche thing, but that cliche is very real and it's going to keep getting repeated and the lessons will keep coming in all of our lives until we learn that freaking lesson. And that has been, for me, the single most important and prevalent and annoying and painful lesson that I have to keep learning. That if I don't have self-love, if I don't have true um, compassion and understanding and care for myself, those things that I'm seeking for validation or for the quick fix or the band-aid or the pleasure or whatever it is will only be those things and it will not be sustainable. So on this day of romantic love, if that's what you're seeking, if that's what you have even, again, people might be listening to this and you have a significant other. And for that, honestly, in this moment, yeah, I'm so happy for you. I'm really, really glad that you have someone that you love and that loves you back. But y'all know too, if you're attached, that love, again, needs work and it needs practice. It doesn't just you know, self-generate. It's not going to be something that, oh, I got it now and now I'm going to have it forever. The other cliche is love is work and it takes practice and it takes patience and it evolves and it's a living, breathing thing that you need to nurture and care for. That is also true. So even maybe the thing that I'm speaking to all my singles about is completely relevant to anybody who has a significant other. I personally think so because whether right now I'm alone or next Valentine's Day, I have somebody who is my Valentine and who is my love. Um, and I have that again, that relationship, I still think that these these values and these principles and these practices still hold true whether you are single or attached. Um, and so the thing about the whole self-love thing, loving yourself, you know, the practices, the self-care, but the actual uh, other practice of self-love, it, it is way bigger and uh, more significant then, you know, again, these like hashtag self-care, hashtag self-love. It can seem so trite, but it is really, really important. It is really meaningful and it is really fucking hard to do. Very passionate in this episode, so excuse my French, but it is, it is not easy. And love is never, I think, intended to be easy. I mean, there's parts of love that do give you ease. I'm not saying love needs to be hard, but I think we'd be wrong to say, oh, love is easy. I just don't think that that statement is, love is is the most difficult thing to do, to have, to keep, um, because it, re- it requires so much. It requires everything of a person. And when you are able to do that, that's when I think you get the fulfillment, you get the best parts of love too. It's a give and take. You don't get the good without the bad. The bad sharpens you. It makes you appreciate the good. It makes you give more and 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 feel more. So again, it's this duality. And I don't feel like love means absence of pain and difficulty. Um, so when it comes to the self-love, I'll give an example of one thing that I did right out the gate, actually, when I was going through my heartbreak and dealing with this breakup. Uh, which happened not too long before Christmas, which is just the best time. Um, why all these holidays can suck so freaking hard. Uh, what I did 
for my self-care. Um, I was surrounded by so many amazing friends and family. And again, if you do have loved ones in your life, please celebrate that. You know, again, it's not the romantic love, but celebrate all the love and whatever love you have in your life. Even if it's love for a freaking tree and flower, share that love, like feel it. That love is so sacred and that love is connected to that romantic love and it'll give you more of that. But anyways, going back to my story, um, I just got through this breakup. I can say um speaking from data collection of all the different breakups I've gone through this was one of like it's top three one of the most difficult top two I think uh most difficult breakups I've ever gone through um and we go that to into that another time but I was a freaking mess okay and the friends that are listening and that were there for me thank you so 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 much for holding my hand physically and literally or energetically looking back, I, it's kind of a blur and I kind of don't know how I got through all that because it was the most painful several weeks of my life. Um, and I didn't know up from down. I don't know how I drove from one place to another. Sometimes, um, I felt like I was doing a constant, like five to 10 minute time check on myself, just checking in. Like, are you okay, Minji? You alive? Are you okay? Cause I didn't feel okay. And um, went through Christmas. Um, I feel like that limbo time between Christmas and New Year's is like a really weird time too. It's not even just the holiday that's painful. It's the interim because you're anticipating New Year's. So you're like, I just went through this really big, important holiday alone. And now I'm going to start the year alone. I'm going to end this year alone. Like, It was bad. Um, Friends of mine were hosting parties in LA, as they do. Y'all are fabulous. And I had been... invited to them. Ward was getting out that, you know, this breakup had happened and I was given a lot of love through friends showing their love and support and encouragement. Um, so that, that New Year's Eve thing was really, really creeping up on me. Um, I was going through so many different feelings, you know, not just dealing with the loss, but anticipating like, oh, I don't know for anybody else out there, but whenever you're going through a breakup, you're also mad hopeful that somehow miraculously things will turn around the next day or the next hour and that you'll get the text or you'll get the call or you will suddenly be healed from all of your trauma. I don't know. Whatever it is in your mind, you're, there's always, I don't know, that's speaking really largely, but I don't think I'm wrong. There's always that part of you that's hoping that everything will just suddenly miraculously change. And that is such a freaking... It is such a motherfucker to have in your head because that's hope. It's like, well, maybe now it'll be all better. And maybe this New Year's Eve or maybe this Valentine's Day, I'll have that person. That hope and anticipation can really just destroy a person because it's one thing to be super nihilistic and pessimistic and be like, it's never going to happen. I've already accepted it. I'm alone and I'm fine with that. But it's different to want there's that little pebble in your shoe that's like, maybe things will work out. That was me on New Year's Eve. Okay. Um honestly, the whole process, I was just wanting everything to be better again. I knew realistically it was not likely for it to all be better all of a sudden because there were real issues and there were real reasons. We wouldn't go through all this pain if there weren't substantial, hardcore reasons to part ways. You know, we're just, neither of us are crazy enough to do that. Um, But I did have that hope. And so Again, dealing with a lot of things and wondering if it's the best thing to go out to these parties that I was invited to. Specifically one that I was committed to. I thought it'd be fun. And again, I was feeling super manic and every 30 minutes I was changing my mind. And I really 
again, can feel that moment to moment where you don't know up from down and you don't know how you feel one hour to the next. So when I finally came upon, I think a day or two out from the New Year's Eve party, I had this mentality of, I'm going to treat myself. My friends are inviting me out. It'll be a good time. I should ring in the new year. I should, again, my other favorite word, um, I should just enjoy myself, live my life, do a little YOLO. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll meet somebody. There's another delusional thought that goes through your mind when you're trying to cope with pain. Um, Maybe, you know, something miraculous will happen and it'll just be like the best night of my life. So I was amping myself out, thinking I'm going to go to a New Year's party. And uh, that's when the feelings and trying to listen to myself actually really started to kick in. The level of anxiety that I felt and the level of discomfort and just kind of feeling turned off about the idea of being in a room full of mostly strangers, um, but even the friends that I did know there, it didn't feel like, intuitively speaking, my instincts were like, I don't think that's the best environment for me to be in. I don't really like to drink. I love to dance. But honestly, the level of sadness that I was feeling, I wasn't in a really dancing mood. And I felt like the work that it would require of me to force myself to get into some happy, dancey, let's drink champagne and get all dressed up for 2020 mood was I was just not feeling it. And again, I'm in my 30s, so I've had enough experiences in my life encountering moments where I made stupid decisions and did things that I did not want to do. So that instinct in me was really strong. And I decided for me, um, in my self-care was to turn the party down. I already had about five or six friends that were reaching out to me because they were all going to the same party. They're excited. You know, they knew that I was having a hard time or they had, you know, an inkling of it. So I think they were all really happy at the idea of bringing me out and having me celebrate with them and helping me get my mind off of things. And it's so loving. It was totally from a place of love. And I felt really, really bad letting people down that were really excited and making plans and asking me, you know, when we're going to eat and when we're going to arrive and things like that. Um, And that's one part of this journey of being single and being unattached is really key for me is learning how to have my boundaries and say no when I don't want to say yes, right? Um, I have a really big people-pleasing problem that, again, the therapy is helping me recognize. um, I always want to make things right. I want to make people feel comfortable and happy. So I was for moments willing to compromise that and willing to be totally miserable so that my friends can help me feel quote unquote better. Um, And that I'm really happy that I stopped that shit pretty quickly because I was like, no, this is this is the self-care part, Minji. This is why you're dealing with a breakup. This is why um, this is where you're going to grow, my dear. This is not the repeated practice of putting everybody else before you. And people that honestly are not going to be that hurt or upset if you decided to say no, you're going to stop this irrational thinking. You're going to stop um, doing things that you don't want to do that don't feel right. You're going to do what's right for you. So that self-care thing came down to New Year's Day and the day of, I think, on New Year's Eve, I decided, actually I decided beforehand, but then I womaned up and I told them the day of, I was like, look, I'm not going to come tonight. And they were totally fine about it. Nobody died. Nobody was going to ever die, but they were completely fine. They were like, girl, you do you. You take care of yourself. If that's what's right for you, then do that. Previously, I was thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to be worried about me or they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm being super emo and dramatic. And I like 
got their their hopes up and now I'm going to let them down. Again, all these like these thoughts that just were not helpful and not real. Um, and my friends were, they were so sweet. They were like disappointed I wasn't going to come out, but they were not going to hold that against me. So that night I actually, um, on my, I was driving back from the Bay area to LA and, uh, that's a great drive to do alone to (laughs) face your doom and be like, I'm going to start this new year alone, this new decade. Um, but I really thought about it. I talked with a friend of mine, Jenny. Love you, Jenny. Thank you very much for being a good friend. Talked to her through all these feelings about what I was going through. I had a great support system. Um, I chose who I wanted to speak to about certain things. Someone who I felt would really understand, not judge me, and possibly give me some really good insight on how to handle it. And what Jenny told me when I, I said, you know, I was super blunt. I was like, I don't want to go to this freaking party. Um... I just want to be alone. I just need to pray. I need to meditate. I need to love myself. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't want to go to this party. Super supportive. And she recommended taking a bath. Well, actually, I think I said I want to take a bath because I love Epsom salt baths. If you have not taken one, highly recommend it. It's so peaceful and relaxing. Um, But I just had an instinct. I was like, I think that would be the best thing for me. So Jenny one-upped me. And she did. She told me to do something that I ended up doing that I wanted to bring forth, not only in the process of like the self-care part, um, but just as a Valentine's Day thing. If you're listening to this, maybe in the morning or whatever, do do this today, do this, do it this weekend, whatever. Just if you want, I challenge you because it was really, really beautiful. Jenny challenged me and suggested that I go buy myself flowers and... Um, to pray over my bath because water has a lot of energy and a lot of healing capabilities to pray over my bath, to, to make it luxurious and wonderful with candles, bubble bath, whatever, and, um, put rose petals in my bath, you know, just be ultra, ultra romantic and loving to myself, whatever I needed to heal and feel good. That's what she suggested. And, um, to meditate and pray, And again, this to me, okay, there's part of me that conceptually thought of that. And I was like, that sounds like the cheesiest thing I've ever heard. But most of me was like, that sounds wonderful. (laughs) And so in this moment of like just being really vulnerable and being a very like, you know what? I'm closing this chapter. Let's be extra. Let's go the full nine yards. I'm going to do it. I don't care what happens. I don't care if I'm being cheesy just removing that self-judgment. I was like, I'm going to love myself. I'm doing the damn thing. I'm going to get the rose petals. And that is exactly how I rang in the new year. So I think around 1130, because I was out with my roommates and we had a great dinner together. It was a lot of love there. um, We all came back and retreated to our spaces. And I was just, I had these roses that I bought um, and I put rose petals in my bath and I did bubble bath and I prayed and I lit candles and it was um, honestly, I mean, I cried a lot to be real. I was really sad, but it was very healing and just doing that action of stepping out of that self judgment and feeling weird and, you know, buying flowers for myself. It was a really important moment for me. And I'll never forget it um, because I've done things here and there. I cook for myself. I do I do all kinds of things. I take care of my body. I go work out. Those things, I think, are all self-care practices. Um, but it was kind of this gesture that 
I had never done before. I never treated myself to flowers like roses. I've got I buy sunflowers and stuff, whatever. But it doesn't it doesn't feel the same. I swear to God, I felt like I was just taking myself on a date, um, and that felt really cheesy and special and lovely. So, if anybody's out there and you're like intrigued by this, highly recommend it. Do the things in terms of self love that maybe feel a little uncomfortable, but just let it be uncomfortable and laugh at it and. Let that be the next version of your leveling up in love. Um, because, again, it's how, do, how does one love themselves, right? I don't think it's just thoughts and feelings. It's actions, right? It's setting standards. Honestly, for me, overall, when I reflect on my collective dating history and all the different interactions I've had with love, I feel incredibly spoiled in a way. I feel like I've had so much love in my life that I could fill volumes and volumes of books. And I just a lot of times feel undeserving. I'm like, what did I ever do to deserve so much beautiful, you know, gestures and expressions of love in one lifetime that um, it just feels so abundant and so overwhelming and so undeserving. And then there's part of me that just kind of revels in it and basks in it and marinates in it and soaks it all in. I'm like, damn, I'm so lucky. You know, I'm so lucky. And it's beautiful. Um, There's all of that. But also collectively, there's a lot of problems too, right? If if there's any use in the wallowing and the the reflecting and the nostalgia on being alone, um, I think that's still equally valuable to find the moments of gratitude and bliss and, and celebration, but also just to recognize these are the areas that I could be better in. And these are the areas that I want to be more mindful of and intentional with. You know, I did a whole episode on intentions. Um, But setting that intention to love yourself because you become more aware, hopefully I have um, more aware of all the ways that I did things out of needing validation and being desperate for attention and affection and feeling beautiful How are those things that can translate to things I can do for myself? And how are those things showing up in my world? Um, It's just something to think about. I've said a lot of things on this podcast. I don't remember, even at this point, half of what I've said. Uh, It's just my truest heart coming out and sharing it with all of you. I am constantly asking, what can I do to better love myself? Because... I want to be able to better love others. That includes the next romantic partner. Um, and honestly, even in healing things with past partners, how can I better love them? There's I, I've come to good terms with most of my exes, but there's certain ones that I, again, this whole feeling and this whole experience of all the pain that I'm going through in so many different versions these last uh, several weeks, these last couple months, have really dug up some some old stuff because I feel like we encounter different lessons when we're ready for them. Um, a lot of accountability and how selfish and how awful I've been, which is a totally horrible, b- bitter pill to swallow. Um, just all the ways that I have fucked up and I've hurt people. That's also part of this whole self-love thing is holding myself accountable and forgiving myself. Um, 
still working on that. Still, still working on that. It's a lot. Um, and self-love, like, again, that love thing doesn't just mean pleasure. It doesn't just mean buying yourself roses and chocolates, which I think just being kind to yourself is really important. It's also doing the work to heal things that no one else can heal. Maybe someone else can heal. Maybe there's stuff like you just need to hear. I'm sorry from like your mom or dad or your sibling, or your ex, whoever, friend, teacher. I don't know. There's things that people outside of us can heal within us for sure. When you can have those moments of reconciliation and apology and forgiveness, priceless. It's incredible. It's so beautiful and wonderful. And if if and when you can have those moments I say seek them out and and be brave and and do that. The other side with the other side of um other part of that bravery and courage is to forgive yourself and to go there again accept the bad feelings. I have to accept I was a misguided, selfish, spoiled, idiotic, hurtful wretch of a person. And accept that. Like not let myself off the hook. But to love myself, acknowledge it, again, accept it, acknowledge it, and then really forgive it. Really, like, truly forgive it. Not be like, okay, you know what? You're good. Like, okay, let's let's squash it. Let's let, like, let it go. Not that, because I've definitely done that, and I've also seen how much that's not real. Um, and it'll take time, you know what I mean? So I don't even know if that means journaling for you, doing meditations, going, you know, it's a freaking long process, man. But the self-love, I think, comes hand in hand with forgiveness. Um, To forgive, because that's what you would do for somebody else. That's what you would do for somebody that you are in love with. They they could hurt you in in an extreme way, in a way that a romantic partner can hurt you in ways that literally nobody else can. There are no other people on the planet that can access that vulnerable part of you that can destroy you in that very special, unique way that a romantic partner can. But if you love them, there, I think people around the globe, throughout all of humanity, have surprised themselves at how much they are able to forgive another person because they love them so much. We are, we are always capable of surprising ourselves and surprising others. That's what love does. That's the miracle, I believe, of love. It has such powerful, potent ability to do what nothing else can. Love can do things that ambition cannot, that power hungriness, you know, um, just being inspired, et cetera. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time with words right now, but there, there are other motivational things in life that can get us so far, but that cannot do that which love can do. And I think one of the key things in that, the unique sacred parts of love is the ability to forgive. And if we can't forgive ourselves, if we can't bestow that same compassion and grace onto us for all the things that we've done wrong after fully acknowledging and fully coming to terms, like literally humbling yourself to come to terms with that which you have done wrong and then bestowing yourself the same grace and love and kindness and forgiveness to yourself. Again, I really challenge how how much, how far receiving love from somebody else and being able to give love to somebody else can go if you can't do that for yourself. It is maybe the highest mountain to climb. It is probably the most difficult thing that we'll ever have to learn how to do given a lifelong, you know, just 
roster of traumas and hurts that we receive from other people is maybe the most difficult thing to do. Um, But I want to say that to my fellow single people. Forgive yourself, forgiving others, um, I think is a very big key to unlocking true happiness by yourself and then with another person and finding that romantic love if that's what you're seeking. And also accepting it's not wrong to seek romantic love. This is the other thing. Maybe I'll end on this, but... um, it's also the part of just celebrating single. Okay, I've talked so much about, you know, relationships and others and, and ourselves and healing and all that. It's also really, really great to be single. It's really fun to not have to be concerned about other people and have to incorporate their feelings, their thoughts, their schedules, their insecurities, their pains, their traumas into our lives. There's something really, really, again, there's seasons for everything. There's chapters in all of our lives. And I think being single can be such a blessing. And I hope that, you know, if you need to turn on some Lizzo and just feel yourself, you know, I don't know, again, take yourself out on a date, like do everything you want to do. Like self-love comes out in so many different versions um, beyond having to do with anybody else. But if you want to practice that, hell yeah, go do it. I hope that I can do that for myself. I hope I can fill my own freaking cup and feel sexy and feel good, wear something nice for myself, for nobody else other than me. Um, there's, it's so much fun to just, to just love on that, you know, and feel liberated and feel free. Uh, so I hope, you know, I, I also want that to be a celebration, not just this, all this inner work and inner turmoil and facing your demons and trauma and all that stuff. Yes, all that um, if you're ready to go there. But besides that, it's just a day to recognize and a moment to be, you know, you know what? I'm single and I feel really damn good about it. Again, I might not be there 100%, but there's parts of me that are totally in that space. And if you are, I'm with you, brother or sister or what, you know, we are here. We're fam. All right, fam? Like, I... I'm really, really happy if if people are also celebrating that. I really want that to be an energy. That's good. And overall, that's good vibes. Um, that's something to bask in and to celebrate. So for Singles Awareness Day, you're going to run uh, a spectrum of, of feelings and thoughts and emotions wherever you are at in your life Um and in, in where you are at being alone and what being alone means to you, whether that's something that's negative and painful or it's something that you're just like really celebrating and living your best life. All of it, I'd say in summary, is valuable. Um, whatever stage you're at, whatever um, emotion that you're experiencing, there is value in that. So don't take that for granted. And if and when you become attached again, Whatever you're learning in this particular season will apply. It will then become relevant then. So nothing that is being experienced right now is wasted. It's um, sitting in loneliness maybe so that when you have somebody, you really do appreciate their presence and you don't take that for granted. Um, The solitude, go into yourself, like figure some stuff out, set intentions, build your best habits, like... It's also the part really, again, if you're seeking that that love connection, you're seeking that great partner, setting standards for other people is so important. And that starts also with setting standards for yourself. Like if you wouldn't date you, why would anybody else? 
You know what I'm saying? That is a very real thing. That's like how I'm facing a lot of my demons as much as I'm also externalizing other people when I'm thinking about, oh, next partner or future love or what, whatever this, you know, hopefully final frontier love will be. Why would I expect anybody to be something that I, again, they can have different personality traits and, you know, they're going to be different than you. But like in terms of really important things like good character, good hygiene, good like life motivations, if I cannot have that in and of myself, it is just impractical, silly, stupid and all of the things to expect it from somebody else. So that comes back to like, what am I doing with my time? How am I loving myself? How am I holding myself accountable? How am I growing to become the better version of myself and keeping promises, building confidence, um, which I think is very much hand in hand with keeping promises to myself, like even little things, especially little things. How does then that generate the version of me that's going to live in the world and be a good partner to somebody else? And also, yeah. So set standards, set good practices for yourself is super important. That is, that is really my focus right now. Um, I'd say setting good standards and practices, habits for myself is number one, along with forgiveness. These are the two things in my life that are really kind of dominating my, my mind and my heart at the moment. Um, so that I can really enjoy being single and move on to the next thing so I can heal and move on. Um, but yeah, set standards for others, people too. Also, really, I mean, I'm just extending this continuously. If you are dating around and if you're you're doing all the things, right, I'm not judging. I do challenge and lovingly want you to think about the worthiness of that other person. And in this, whole, again, in the mindset of self-love, is this doing something really, truly good for you? I know everybody is flawed. <laughs> I know people have, you know, no one's perfect. But uh, when I reflect on all the different things that I wish I could take back, not really because I think everything taught me important lessons, but just think about who you're allowing into your stratosphere, okay? Like, not everyone's good for you. I know people get lonely, and I know you have itches to scratch and all that stuff, but just really think about it. And, you know... If it makes you really feel better, go for it. I'm not telling you to do or not to do. Like, okay, people are alluding like, okay, don't hook up with people or whatever. It's not about that. It's think about, is it really, are you in a good place? Are you good with you? And if you do this thing, if you're allowing this other person's energy into your life, is it gonna, is it going to uplift you, make you better? Or is it going to fuck you up? Or is it going to make your circumstance, your life circumstances better? Like, are you going to wake up the next day and be like, oh my God, why? Why did I do that? Just saying, put that out there. You know why? Because it's a vulnerable time. I'm not saying you're a weak and like incompetent person. I'm just saying we're all human and we get mushy and we have lots of feelings and therefore can make decisions that are questionable. That's not how I wanted to end my podcast, but I just felt compelled to say that. I'm saying this because I've done the same thing, okay? I've made really, really dumb choices, things that hurt me, and everything's a lesson, but this is me being your sister. Um, yeah, just think about that. Set your standards. Hold your ground. Your happiness, your self-worth, your value 
um, your joy, your spirit, they are all worth protecting. And don't let anybody else mess that up just because you might be feeling lonely. Okay, that's really what I want to say. And I'm saying the same freaking thing to myself because I'm just, I'm the same boat of feeling all the things. Um, I just want true joy. I want true happiness. And I want the same for you. I want people to feel good about what they're doing. And this is the decisions they're making ultimately. So yeah, that's my way longer episode. I thought I was like, this episode's going to be like 20 minutes. Nah, it's like double. But uh, I think it's an hour. Holy crap. Anyway, uh, I hope that you do have a very happy Valentine's Day. Um, love to all the lovers. I I have worked myself into a positive momentum um, to feel genuinely loving and happy for anyone who's attached and has someone that they freaking adore and love in their lives. Good for you. Happy. I'm so happy for you. Keep it that way <laughs> and uh, work on that and love yourself and take care of yourself. And to all my single people, I hope that you find something to smile about today. I hope that you love on yourself and treat yourself well today and every freaking day. Um, that is the path to to fulfillment and joy and happiness. I'm walking that. I'm stumbling just as much as anybody else. But yeah, I just want to put that out there in the universe because I do wish for people to find their joy, their truth, their purpose. And um, yeah, it's part of that. Even this freaking wretched holiday. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And I do want to give a quick shout out to my my lovely, wonderful, talented dude, AJ Raphael. I wanted to start plugging some friends' uh, music. And uh, AJ gave me the okay to use his song, We Could Happen. He gave me his okay to use any song. But uh, I recently listened to him play We Could Happen at the San Gabriel Lunar New Year Festival. So that's what we're going to be closing out this episode with. And, uh, yeah, you should check out his music. AJ Raphael, you can find him on YouTube, Spotify, everywhere else. He's an amazing artist and just honestly one of the best human beings on the planet. So love you, AJ. Thank you so much for letting me use your music. And um, also want to put out there that people had uh, been asking me how they can support me. And I just thank everyone so much. I don't fully understand how or why I'm in this position. Um, but... I'm also challenging myself to love on myself and receive love and be better about this. So if you go to my website, MinjiChang.com, you can find links to become a supporter of me on Patreon, which is a crowdfunding platform for creatives. So you can become an ongoing supporter of First of All Podcast. I'm also putting um, my PayPal link, firstofallpod at gmail.com. Um, someone from Australia wanted to like not do Patreon and wanted to make a donation, which is so sweet. I was like, oh my God, am I becoming a tarot card reader? Because that's how tarot card readers get funds, I guess. They receive PayPal donations. So I don't know. If you care to, I was asked. I'm answering. Um, that's extremely generous of anybody. But first of all, pod at gmail.com is my PayPal address. And um, also putting out my Amazon wish list. So this is all in line with me uh, wanting to build this platform and putting my intentions out there and learning how to receive love and make things happen. If you feel compelled to, I'll have a link to my Amazon wish list. I actually want to start um, YouTubing some of my podcasts. That terrifies me even saying it out loud. But um, it'd be great to have a video component. And yeah, so... To build out that studio, those components, I don't know, whatever, just to decorate, um, putting some stuff out there on my Amazon wish list. So 
Again, that's up to you. No pressure. Thank you just for tuning in and for your kind words. Thank you to anybody who's been emailing me, messaging me, supporting me through a very difficult time in my life, but also sharing what you're going through. I'm sending beams of light and love out to all of you. It is Life is not easy. Never has been, never will be, but we can be there for each other. Um, and thank you to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you so much for holding it down, Marv. And thank you to Aquafina for use of her song Yellow Ranger in the intro. And you can find First of All Podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public. I don't know. I, I'm out of order today, so probably said that all out. But anywhere you find podcasts, you can find First of All. Please listen. Uh, not listen. Please leave a five-star review and uh, a little comment if you found this helpful. Girl, I'm just trying to find my way just like the rest of us. So I just appreciate any and all love. Take care of yourselves. Be healthy. And I will see you next week. Oh, next episode is going to be a good one. Um, It's with my roommate, Chris, who is a character. He has a lot of thoughts and feelings, very strong thoughts and and feelings. And we're going to get, might get a little brutal, but it's going to be a really good episode. So tune in for that uh, next week. All right. Until then, take care. Love you all. Bye. I know you want me to, I know you want me to, oh, ba-ba-da, ba-ba-da. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.